Hello, everyone. Welcome to our usual Sunday afternoon kitchen table talks. Welcome to the panel. It's nice to see you all. And welcome to everybody watching. Nice to see you as well. Um, today, we have lots to talk about, as usual. Ghost companies and Andy Lee's investigation. Ghettos and why are we building very expensive tiny homes that are actually just bedrooms with a... Well, they're, they're shipping containers that are just made into bedrooms with a dresser and a, and a tiny fridge and no bathroom. And that seems like not quite enough for the amount they cost, $60,000, way too much. So we'll have to talk about the ghettoization of, of our country. The two Michaels were spies after all, after all this, after all this. And now one of the Michaels is suing the Canadian government. And we've got to talk about that. Carbon tax revolt is going on still, but nothing is, there's no been no movement from the federal government. Gelbo is silent or if not silencing, there will be no more carve outs for the, the carbon tax, et cetera, et cetera. And so we'll have to talk about that because I think that they've lost the battle. They just are in chess. If you don't make a move, then the other person can't move. So there's a clock, there's a clock on your timing or on your move. So you have Stalemate. to move. Yeah. And so they're trying to not move, I think, because they know they're going to lose in a whole bunch of different situations. So they're just trying to wait until people, for, people forget or... I don't know. Uh, speech and the free speech fight on X and advertisers and all the rest of it. And we'll talk about that. Uh, lots to get to. So let's start with the two Michaels. What did you guys think? Now, I know that I was definitely skeptical that these guys were completely innocent as babes in the woods. They didn't know anything about anything. And like, not to say China's not unreasonable, but I've known people who went to China and they weren't bothered and they weren't arrested to and and accused of being spies and things like that. So there are situations where Canadians and other people, foreign people can go and live and work in China and be left alone. And so where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And it seems like China said they're spies and the Canadian government ignored that. They didn't engage with that. They they said, no, they're not. Released the two Michaels, made political, attempting to make political hay out of it. it failed miserably. It was a big it was a big political quagmire for the liberals. And then the two Michaels came home with Chinese girlfriends. Nobody found that weird. And we all just carried on. So I don't know, Bill, what do you think then? Oh, probably it's, it's Spivak or whatever his name was. He probably got recruited by his RCMP handler, the other Mike or I'm assuming RCMP. Oh, Sp Spivak, uh, Spivak? Michael, yeah. 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 Does that sound like? Yeah. So you think you think that the one Michael, because he's suing one Michael is suing the other Michael, mm -hmm. and the Canadian government, and he's yeah. the one Michael is blaming the other Michael. Well, sure, and then and then the Canadian government lying about all this stuff. Well, you got to remember the Huawei debacle, where the Chinese government had set up all sorts of uh, plants and all sorts of test facilities, just conveniently north of uh, a major U.S. nuclear submarine base. The Canadian government was involved giving them all of this stuff. So somewhere in the middle, you had uh, somebody trying to screw over somebody else and then somebody getting mad about it, the Chinese. So they said, okay, we know you got a spy here. We're going to imprison him. And then you got to do this and this and this. I don't know. <laughs> well, again, we're, they're playing at a, maybe a slightly different level than us or more psychotic level, but, you know. Well, I don't think that Canada's playing at any level whatsoever with regards to cyber cyber espionage or cyber intrigue or anything at all. Like the networks are owned, our, our 5G network in Ontario mm -hmm. is owned by Rogers. Rogers is run sure. by John Tory. Like, sure. And Rogers John is owned Torrey's by John Tory. Backdoor connections up the yin yang. To yeah. The so, I mean, you know, I think, I, I think about all of this and I think to myself, I know that the IDF, 
pays digital soldiers to make sure that they look good online right oh, sure. and if and like if you're a good troll and you get if you get for every response the first response you get say $100 and for every response after the first response there's a declining like payoff because you know you've engaged a target and now it's not as valuable but maybe the, the first two responses are valuable and and then the last ones are like 5 bucks each or something like sure. that but the first and one the Venezuelan government has been doing that for how long like through their media and and I would hazard a guess we probably got a whole group of trolls it's just that the people running the, the Canadian show are inept. here's yeah. here's what the Canadian government does here's how the Canadian government does it they hire an NGO the NGO hires the bots the bots do the dirty work the government's more than arm's length away they fund the NGO in in you know blindness and because that money goes into the NGO everybody there was a reddit no there was a post yeah on reddit and it said hey do you want to know how to get to the top of any subreddit you want, except for maybe, you know, AMA or one of the big ones. This is going back years now. And he gave the guys Fiverr gig to give enough upvotes on Reddit to basically be at the top of any anything. And so these NGOs are much more savvy than the government could ever be. And they're they're the ones fencing the bots. But the government isn't actively because the Canadian government doesn't want to direct or anything like that, even though that's still like if you're funding a radical leftist um, NGO that is funding, that is picking a, a side and picking whatever, well, but they, they want to, they want to, I know, but they want to claim that they're not doing it. Right. But regardless. Well, no, no, they have that, that, that gap that gives them deniable. Like, that's, that's it. Yeah. It's the absolutely. deniability. Right. But absolutely. they're on the phone, they're on the phone and they have a dashboard and all the rest of it. Right. Like, so yeah, it's, it, they're definitely, um, there's much more to this. And it's very, very intentional. But Canada is not on the board with regards to active, as far as I know anyway, active cyber anything. I don't think so. I haven't seen any evidence of it. None. Anyway, Max, thanks, Bill. Um, I, I think this changes the discussion around the the Michaels in, in entirely. Because when this first happened, we all assumed it was just as retaliation for Huawei. That's what yeah. everyone has assumed. Ring Mang Zhou, yeah. Like, that's what everyone assumed, like, on the left, like, 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 people on the left, the right, that's what mostly everyone thought, and that was mostly a a unanimous agreement, but I think this changes a lot, because this also brings into new context, who were those women that were with them when they were brought back on on, on Canadian who, soil? Who indeed? I, who I indeed. think that's the billion dollar question. Yeah, well, um, they're handlers, or... Yeah, well, they're handlers, or they're something else, like... And Spot. and with one Michael Sue and the other end, the government, there's like layers upon layers. And honestly, if anything comes out, I could see a, a big book be, being written about this. My goodness. Right. But I mean, it, it's, almost, <laughs> it's almost a fire hose is almost too much because most people just want sanity to be restored. <laughs> they don't want to read about the two Michaels and how this liberal government caused this issue by spying on China or whatever, because it probably that's probably what happened. You know, there's probably, mm. you know more than or 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 was this just all staged too because <laughs> could be well bill was saying that the one michael recruited the other michael and so like if that's if that's part of it too you know like how much did the first michael know and how much did the second michael know and who was the government what's the government connection where's that i'm interested mm -hmm. or CSIS connection goodness there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot we don't know but a lot of concerning details coming out that 
the speculation is ooh, yeah very there's a lot of open ended there's a lot of questions that 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 need answering that we're not going to get answers to well the government doesn't <laughs> want to they, they don't even want to acknowledge any missteps at all mm-hmm. like look at the economy it's great <laughs> thanks max mc <laughs> spies for who for Canada, like what, 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 what are we talking? <laughs> like, oh yeah, imagine this—a government that's 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 incompetence is just a front to hide their ultra secret secret spy agency that nobody knows about. Like, 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 like <laughs> what were, so what were some, they doing? That's some QAnon. They, like, they like, said they were sent to Wuhan to get the address that we were supposed to send the stolen samples from Winnipeg to. it's a good point they're not what what are we no it's ridiculous well or they could be that's what's happened it's ridiculous that's what happened man (laughs) i'm not making it up like they could be israeli spies i guess or british spies or american spies they're not they're not Uh, isn't that (laughs) anti-semitic Maybe they're Palestinian uh, spies. <laughs> Straight out of Palestine. This guy's 10, man. <laughs> they're not spies for Canada. This is, has to, like, this has to be a distraction. Like, or, you know, like. Or... So, right. Which one worked for CSIS? Where's the recruitment letter, right? Like, is Michael, not as Michael Korvig, the CSIS agent? Is he the mastermind behind this? He's 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 Michael S's handler, right? Like, yeah, no, you you bring up some very good points. Who do these people work for? Who do they spy for? Why is what? <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why we didn't believe China when they said that, right? It's because it's incredible. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, when we got a whole election because. There was a scientist who, uh, or scientists in the Winnipeg lab, and they didn't want to release those papers. We should have, that was a red flag. We really should have responded to that in a different way, I think, as a country. But I kept thinking Army of the Twelve Monkeys when that hit the news. I just kept thinking, you know, the, 12, the movie, The Twelve Monkeys, yeah. where the guy traveled. And then the guy that got caught at the border, with the, you were just talking about that from the Winnipeg. And again, yeah. 12 monkeys. It's like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, but then COVID <laughs> happened, right? Yeah. Right. And, surprise, and so, surprise. Yeah, well, but I mean, I watched 12 monkeys in double time. Um, like it's, I think there's a copy on BitChute or something like that. I just looked for it and it was there and I was like, oh, great. And I put it on double, double speed. And it is in context now in just looking back at, well, and V for Vendetta is another one where- Like the dog? Yeah, I, I just watched Wag the Dog again because we were looking for a movie and I was like, you know, we haven't watched Wag the Dog, I don't know, probably in 18 months or something like that. <laughs> Time to rewatch it. It was great, man. It's a really interesting um, movie, but there's so many movies that are when when you look at what, what has happened in the world now, very predictive. And were they just good guessing or is is something else going on? And there's a lot of people who say there's Yes, definitely something else going on, which is well, very interesting. If you think about it, Mark, the, the old statement was art imitates life, life imitates art. Um, you're creating a product for an audience. The audience is human. So basically all you're doing is probability study after probability study on human behavior. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to come up with, you know, 
beyond possibilities to exceedingly correct probabilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, right. And, you know, speculating, could we destroy ourselves with nuclear bombs? Could we destroy ourselves with climate change? Could we destroy ourselves with vaccines? Yeah. I mean, it's plausible. And all the stories, you're right. I mean, it's uh, the same, the hero stories repackaged so many times that if you've seen Harry Potter one, you've seen Spider-Man one and all the rest. Um, so yeah, I, I hear you, but at the same time, there's a lot of, I could be coincidence, could be coincidence, right? It could just be patterns, seeing a pattern in, in something that is a pattern of human behavior rather than there's a, a plan to make this happen. We just make it happen through our behavior. It's plausible. Absolutely plausible. Look how the um, Coke bottle changed, uh, everybody in gods must be crazy. That's a great movie. Gods must be crazy. Yeah. Um, the Coke bottle. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, so the Coke bottle drops out of the sky. Yeah. The gods, yep. It's a 1981 movie about a, an African tribesman who's walking in in the wherever, wherever he's living. Nairobian desert. Or yeah. Whatnot. And a guy throws a Coke bottle out of the window and it changes the whole tribe because of the gods gave him this Coke bottle and he was and special. They, bestowed. But they never had the need to want anything. They never had because they, they, they always yeah, had didn't it spark like a war. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's a good movie to go back, uh, go back and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just, it, it, it goes to show what can happen. Just unintentional consequences because exactly, of human behavior. Yeah. Unintentional consequences. Yeah, man, humans can get mad, but that's what made that's what made our justice system unique because you didn't have to get mad and go eye for an eye. You were, you could be assured, possibly that justice would be served and that you didn't have to take it into your own hands to to make sure that justice was served and now they're destroying that that uh that system that we built up and that we rely on for our modern peace you know our modern ability to problem solve in in a way where using words is the preferential way right but now i mean justice right jeepers creepers we're the january sixers right bill yeah, and on the January 6th, it's looking like that maybe uh, somebody might actually be paying for this if Congress and all that. Can you imagine if they arrest Nancy Pelosi? Just for anybody who doesn't know what Nancy the Pelosi, yeah. Like, Nancy Pelosi and the January 6th committee. Yeah, Scott's shaking his head. Never going to happen, right? Mm. The guy had a hammer, right? Like he had a hammer and a male hooker and everybody's like, It doesn't matter. Ah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, <laughs> but... So um, the January 6th committee put all these people in jail for years, years. They've stolen these people's lives. Do you think anybody is going to go to jail for stealing the Coots guys' lives in the same way? Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, right? So in Canada, we're guilty for turning a blind eye to this stuff and being unable to affect this change, right? That we should. But January 6ers have been um, in jail at the behest of this January 6th committee, charged with inciting a violent insurrection, trying to take over the government in the U.S. Capitol, no less, at the at, at Donald Trump's request. And then the video comes out. And I've been saying since it started, I watched that video live. I remember seeing the live stream and thinking, this is boring. Why are those idiots inside the Capitol? Yeah. <laughs> Don't they understand that this is illegal? Stop. Yeah. But otherwise, I was like, you know, and then they made it into something that it was Absolutely not. And now somebody might have to pay for it. But like Scott and, and like a lot of people, I'm very skeptical that anybody ever will, especially Nancy Pelosi. But she probably should. One of the most deserving of some kind of consequences for actions. Bill. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, 
yeah, well, you got the January 6th thing. Plus, too, I was watching something again on that same series of streams that I was watching. And it came out that a lot of times you'd see, say, one hand or one arm, and I've been there, of the government and an agency doing one thing, and then somebody else doing the same thing, and it overlaps. One guy cited something that he was he was involved in where there was DEA, ATF, and, and local law enforcement. There was drug deals going down, perpetuated one, perpetuating the other to get draw guys in. And then you almost had these rolling gunfights, and there was actual brawls going on because one side was trying to bust the other side, and they were all law enforcement. Huh. And it's just like, yep, like yeah, man. we're being run by idiots, but there's somebody in the behind that's pushing them. I, at this point, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, lots of distractions, that's for sure. Thanks, Bill. Job. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I know it's along the same lines, but slightly different. When it comes to January 6th and they locked up all those people for supposedly taking over the uh, the rotunda and all that, wasn't there a big protest like October 27th or something like that on yeah, the, with pro, Palestinians and they not only took yeah. it over, they paraded and they attacked cops with pepper spray? Yep. Where's the charges on those people? And there won't happen. Charges, see, and that's what I wonder. Why isn't there an outrage over that? Yeah, it's because weird. The people... In January 6th, there's people still in jail. Yeah. Meanwhile, what happened? It's repressive tolerance. It's repressive tolerance. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the same is going on in Canada as well. I was talking about that in, like on my show earlier. Like We have people who are going into MPs' offices and taking them over, refusing to leave. The MP office is closing, and they refuse to leave, and they have to call police to you know have these people removed. They're being disruptive. They're saying F the police, you know, all this stuff. And if the Freedom Convoy had behaved that way, then the, these trials that are going on right now that are show trials anyway, that don't have any real like it, I don't trust that they're going to administer justice fairly. But regardless, they might have some bite if the people were acting like the pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas protesters that we see now. And that's wild because. It has been, a, it, so it started October 7th and now it's November 19th. So it's been more than a month and no emergency act, no nothing because they don't have trucks. Like it's a, it's wild, right? It's a really interesting thing. And they won't put any kind of um, legal like leash on this, just like they didn't when people were lighting things on fire and putting it in front of trains. They were like, oh, well, you know, we deserve this as Canadians. It's like, what? What are you talking about? That is clearly illegal. MC. Oh yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot before to mention is that the Chinese girlfriends are their probation officers. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Right away, I thought, who are the handlers? I mean, maybe you go and spend a couple of years in a Chinese prison and you come out with Chinese girlfriends. Maybe that's just how spending time in Chinese prisons goes. I don't know. Yeah, because because they have cleaning ladies and stuff, right? In Chinese <laughs> prisons, yeah. Get to know them real well. Everybody's happy. I mean, I mean, if they're hot, I don't care. You know? <laughs> they're, they're, the whole country's a prison, so they say you're in prison, but you just yeah. wander around in the yeah. country. Like, just no. <laughs> no. It's a very interesting situation. Well, and I mean, it was very showy, and then nobody talked about it. Like, there wasn't a news person there wasn't even a comedian who was like, what's up with that? Like I was, <laughs> it wasn't something that was in the um, conversation, the, 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 you know, countrywide, the national conversation, nobody cared. And it was weird. 
that nobody mm-hmm. even brought it up. You know what I mean? Well, and I'm not talking about me. Back to what I was going to say to respond to Gerald is the outrage is right here. I am filled with outrage. I am among the like the 3% of people, I guess, that are, you know, the, the 12 viewers we have and the 10 of us that are like, like in, this used to be a sign of respect. And now it means I've had it up to here with you goddamn true. idiots. Okay. It's true. Like, it's true. Um, so there yeah. it is. Yeah. No, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The, the rage is, uh, people are upset. But I think I always go back to, I think that they feel like um, somebody's, if, if you're upset, so what? Like you're upset about Julian Assange being in jail. So what are you going to do about it? Or like the Coots guys being in jail. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go hire a lawyer? You know, like that's expensive. Can't do that. Start to go fund me. Okay. So if it works, great. If it doesn't work, well, uh, right. Solving that problem is uh, complicated, difficult, would take a lot of time. And a lot of people, and it would be costly too. And a lot of people don't want the cost and don't want the hassle. And you have to convince millions of other people to agree with you. Yes. And they don't care. And, and the, number one, they don't care, the people who you're trying to convince. The other side absolutely cares that you're saying things that they don't like. And so they will attack you and they will use every trick. In, I mean, just look at Mr. Bernier um, and like how he gets attacked pretty regularly with everything that he's doing, you know? And and I think that, and I've said this in my show a lot as well, I think he's doing a good job um, outlining an alternate option but our elections are rigged so it's like f you know there's not a lot, there's, there's not a lot more he could do if i was doing it i don't know what i'd do differently than what mr bernier is doing i maybe tweet more i i guess what it comes down to is is uh when they pulled down the smith monk act and all media was able to basically promote whatever propaganda they're being paid to promote the truth kind of fell in the streets and we have no recourse of actually getting it out to everybody because those that own those media stations are the ones that are perpetuating the propaganda. So it's a crazy situation. And the propaganda is so deep. It's so unbelievably deep. Like it's, there's many layers to the propaganda. It's not just one lie. There are multiple lies that depend on each other, interconnected and all sorts of things. It's wild. Ron. Hi, is my audio okay? I'm yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You sound setup. good. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no. Just to continue that thought, I don't, I don't think it's ever been any different. Um, the institutions that are there to propagate the media are the propagandists, right? Like that's 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 the whole point, right, of the institution to begin with. Uh, it's our trust that you know that that every well. Yeah, it's just our trust in that in that institution that gives it all all its power, right? And it's also what MC was saying, what we even believe or what we think we need to believe in at the time, right? Like it, the bouncing ball keeps going, mm-hmm. right? Nobody talks about it's uh, Armenia, like mm-hmm. they're they're not uh, like they're it's not the greatest place in the world to be right now right and it's the same game we just don't hear about it yeah right right, right. and it, it just keeps going right yeah well and i mean like on one side 
if there's a conflict in a foreign land that benefits the powers that be, if we go fight it, like Ukraine or like Israel, right, uh, then we'll go. But if, like like you were saying, Armenia doesn't help them, then you don't hear anything about it. You know, who, who the F are they? Like, forget about it. We're not going to, we're not doing that right now, right? And so I think that the Canadian public, I think the Canadians have been kind of shuffled down to second or third tier in favor of all of these wars. And I, I don't know how to, well, it's really interesting. Like it's hard to make the case, but I, you'd think it'd be an easy case to make that we could become protectionist and not deal with all these foreign wars and not fund all these foreign wars and just deal with our own borders, make sure that we're safe, make sure that we're not fostering terrorism like we are now. And like do that. But it seems like, again, if you have any kind of real traction, it takes a long time to convince that 90 other, that 90% while 5% of people try and silence you, right. And do their best to, to cudgel you. And they're, they're moving to silence the internet as quickly as possible as well. So that's a concerning move, right. Ryan. Yeah. With the two Michaels happening and, uh, this uh the ghost companies and uh, arrive can i think they're trying to get a shift from the arrive can scam and the ghost companies and everything get some eyeballs on something else but yeah also too there's a lot of people that are coming out and saying the damage they've gotten from the vaccines yeah and they're going to they're they're going to sue the the government. They're going after the government. A lot of these people are coming out like the uh, with with family deaths and stuff like that. Yeah, the government and the mainstream media don't want people to see this at all. Yeah, and it's happening more and more and more. So you know, answers for Sean Sean Hartman. Okay, you know him. Um, he his dad has been like on a crusade to, to oh, make yes. sure that the government yes. is held accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like my fear, especially in Canada and like some courts are good. Like there are places where I've seen surprising rulings, but then you've got the coots guys in jail mm-hmm. and nobody seems to be losing their mind on this. You know what I mean? Like, thankfully one of the guys just got like, they just crowdfunded to get Chris, one of the Chris's better, a better lawyer. And, you know, they're pushing to have, hearings and they're pushing to get him out of where he is i I think but it's it's one of those things where like the justice system itself is is broken relying on it is yeah it's like the mainstream media they're not they're not showing this stuff like the 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 four coots guys they're not showing any of that that should be on every day, especially. Yeah, in it's a sh- it, it, is it is shameful. It's shameful. Yeah, I can't believe that it's. I can't believe that it's ongoing. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, on one side, I question whether we'll be able to get justice, and on the other side, I see, you know, people winning um, small things with regards to you know winning their positions back or winning back pay for. Um, for being fired for not being vaccinated so like on one side it's it seems kind of maybe that there's hope but on the other side i'm like man like there's a long way to go still which is very very concerning Uh, mc well if they do you know get justice and get their day in court and stuff like that just wait 
until the government has to come and collect all the taxes that they're going to need to look after all those people who got injured from those injections. Right. Like, so it, so the government's not going to pay, right? I'm paying. Like <laughs> the government doesn't have any money. It's all except, our money. Yeah. Except I'm not, you want, there's, there's a way to cause a mass migration is it, all the healthy people leaving leaving Canada to go to a jurisdiction that doesn't does that's not taxing them to pay for it all because that like like I know that they're just inventing money at this point to collapse the system but that will collapse it like that by itself yes. just yes. is enough to collapse yeah it. one of the, one of the strategies is to make the bureaucracy so expensive that it gets uh too expensive to run and continue so it just goes into you know you can't run it anymore so you just don't do it um or it gets taken over by private interests right and that's one of the strategies to extract even more money from the system yeah but historically that's never the way it works out it, it cl tries to cling to power it keeps trying to cling to power until mm -hmm. everyone gets fed up and drags it into the street and gets rid of it like like I don't know how, where they think this transition, this peaceful transition to to their control is going to come from, but it it never happens. Yeah, they couldn't keep masks on, and they couldn't force vaccines, and so forcing fifteen minutes a day is going to be a problem, especially if we have gas if we have gasoline vehicles. But if we don't have gasoline vehicles, then they can well, turn things they'll, off. Well, they'll sh shut down the power grid in the countryside and just yep. have electricity in the cities yep well and and other among other control tactics right so it's just oof. and and i think we can avert it like we averted you know uh the covid thing but somebody well just quickly back to the 2021 2030 agenda if we break 2030 and we don't oh it has to cool and go Noel, Noel's not uh, not muted. If we break 2030, I got you muted now, Noel. Um, and Agenda 2030 hasn't been implemented. That doesn't mean we win. That just means they haven't won yet. Like we're still we're still like fighting. You know what I mean? Like they're still trying we, to be like we've won a battle, tab. but not the war. Yeah. Yes. Right. We won. We won a little bit of territory. And if people f off now, like we're gonna lose. Like you gotta you gotta hang out. Hold on. <laughs> Don't give it up yet. Uh, okay. We got to talk about ghost companies. What do you guys think about the ghost? Oh man, you guys, there's a lot of hands up. Okay, uh, let's talk about ghost companies. But Scott, if you want to say your piece and then Gerald, and then we'll talk about ghost companies. Scott. That was just overall, it's like we're we're watching a four a four chapter play and we're in the third chapter. As you just said, everything that we're seeing, the manufactured news and that, it's like they're trying to write the history books for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They're trying to justify everything they're doing. Yep. Just as you said in Mein Kampf, it didn't get gritty until the end. Mm -hmm. And it didn't get gritty until Hitler's plan hit pushback. Yep, that's true. Right? Yep. Yep. So, and same thing, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to write a history book where there's no bloodshed, where there's no major upheaval. So from now on, like, I don't know, like Marx, the end of history, this last page in history is one of a... Uh, a final turn to a utopia and yes. they're trying to hide all the bodies and all the misery and all the gulags somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry. Well, um, no, no, you're right. And, and Christia Freeland herself, I remember, I, I think it was like 
August or September 2020 or 2021, where she was talking about, or even before that, it might have been even 2019, where she was talking about the end of history. And I had to look up the term end of history and, and ushering in utopia was kind of the decision that that was that was what she was trying to usher in. And I thought, how crazy is that? And then I, I medium went down the rabbit hole that you're talking about with regard to what that actually means. And yeah, you know, like the end of history, I think that somebody did a painting that's a very like ghoulish painting of the end of history where there's people like it's on the backs of the the proletariat or on the backs of the the working man that this this um, utopia is. is you are right. They keep pushing the date forward because they keep meeting opposition. Some of the opposition they're getting is the new technology. The Internet is making it hard to write the future history books. That's true. But sorry, in Gerald. writing. Yeah, yeah. In, but in writing, in writing the the um, news of today, they write the future history books. They, when they say, "Oh, people were worried about Islamophobia," right? Like they're not going to bring up Canada Poly from you know that day in 2020. They're going to bring up the Toronto Star where it says um, all unvaccinated people should die, right? And it's like, what the what the heck, <laughs> right? So yeah, man, it's um, it's a it it's all about manipulation. It's all about control. It's scary. Thanks, Scott. Gerald. Yeah, I agree. It's all about control and manipulation. And when it comes down to one of the mechanisms behind them pushing all this, I believe that it has to do with crashing our economy as well as the United States doing everything they can to crash theirs. Because once those two things occur, digital currency will be ushered in. And then the WEF will have some sort of a standing in people's eyes to control that digital currency because nobody wants their own government to do so. So it's a manipulation upon a manipulation. It's so, crazy. What so you think that the governments will look to the, I mean, the WEF is managing Canada's CPP, their, our retirement fund. So there's like half a trillion dollars in managed by a WEF found, like you can look, if you, if you Google or search WEF CPP, it'll bring up a page and I've shown it on my show a bunch of times this week, but, I imagine it's, it's, the... it's not a far-fetched idea, but it sounds on its face initially without any without any prep or introduction, it sounds like why would we want that? But absolutely it's certainly plausible. I, well, I Gerald, what you're that. saying, do you do you wonder what that reminds me of? The elite liberal document from back in 2020. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't I, surprise me. I go back to that PDF every so often and I, yeah. I read it and I'm like, yeah, man. They but they tried to do that with just COVID. Like if you go back mm -hmm. and look at that within the context of COVID, they tried to pull it all off with just COVID. And when it started to fall apart and get real pushback, then they were like, we're, we're going to have to go to climate change. Like we're going to have to pivot here. Whether that document was true or not, it was certainly an indicative of what we were facing back then. Yes, I, I think that and, you're exactly And right. honestly, it, it, in that case, it doesn't matter it, if it was real or not. Because the fact that it was still fairly accurate says says enough. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, and again, who knows? But I don't know if it's real or not. But it certainly seemed. It certainly has a lot of parallels to what really happened. Um, thank you, guys. Um, MC. Uh, nothing new here. I, I just uh, I agree with Gerald that uh, like because even now they pretend that the central banks are arm's length from government, right? Mm -hmm. Like they they appoint a leader or something in Canada, I think, but. Governor, like federal yeah. reserve and stuff they're always like oh no that's not us that's right and even after they appoint a leader here they're just like oh no that's not us that's the bank of canada that's not yeah. the government 
I, yeah, I think it's also akin to not wanting to be blamed for something. So like if the economy goes to shit, the politicians can say, that's not our fault. It's the Bank of Canada, you know, the governor. We'll get, we'll get rid of that guy. I'll fire that guy, right? Says Pierre Polyev, right? So yeah, man, it's... Uh... <laughs> um, Ron, are we going to move on to ghost companies or... Well, yeah, kind of. It's, it's okay, the same yeah. now, right? With, with, with the accountability, right? With mm-hmm. the consultants... And even like yeah. within the ghost companies, right? It's like, oh, it's not that guy. It's that guy. It's the Spider-Man meme. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they just found a way to squeeze more money. It, it's but what's crazy? It's it's we're moving on to our grandchildren's money, right? Like we've spent ours, we've spent our children's, and the government did though. Well, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The government they sent it. They sent it, it to but, Ukraine, and we just we just keep. I don't know how. I don't know how it leaves the boundaries of Canada. Andy Lee seems oversight. to know more it, about it, that. It really hurts. It really hurts, and it's starting to hurt the people that work hard, like to pay into it. Right? They're yeah. seeing it now. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of uh, the damage from just the affordability crisis is really kind of rearing its head and yeah you, you're starting to see that but i mean and the housing <clears throat> the housing crisis too canada used to be a place that you could live you know like maybe not live high on the hog but you could get by you know what i mean you could buy macaroni and you could buy hot dogs and and like you could get by right and now people are living in tents that's not a good idea anybody who, who's grown up in canada for any length of time if you've seen a winter you know, that's not a good idea. That's not survivable. Don't do that. And now we have people who are coming here and hanging out in tents. The most the most humane thing we can do is put them on a uh, in a plane and send them home. Like, you're not going to freeze there, guys. Like, jeepers creepers. Bill. Yeah. The ghost company thing is just, it's been a long train that's been running for I don't even know how long, like, because we, I don't know how much historic data we had back from the inception of Canuckazuela back in 1867 or even before that. But I bloody will guarantee you that one level of authority drifting off, of, well, actually, let's face it, what it probably really took place was what after World War I, where we had the inception of the income tax and then compounding taxes upon that it was a gravy train for these guys. So they can. Oh sit. yeah, you don't want to give that up. If you yeah. come in and you say, "Okay, our budget is a billion dollars," and then you say, "How much is it if we don't uh, have the income tax?" and they say two hundred thousand dollars, and you say, "Okay, so that's, we'll keep that income tax. income tax, right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because again, <laughs> how many of these clowns have gone into power? I, I have yet to really. Well, I've seen a couple, maybe, but. 99% of the time, somebody goes into politics, gets elected into office, or ends up in a senior level of bureaucracy or even the middle management and up. They always end up making out like thieves because they are thieves. And that's, they can't help themselves. We're being run by psychopaths and, and sociopathic scumbags. And they're all robbing us blind thanks to us having to pay an income tax or a carbon tax, or that, that trucker was pointing out the, the obscenity of everything, and then the GST on top of it. Well, like, I don't know how they've convinced Canadians to hand over half of their paycheck in taxes. 
like if you look at the price of gas and as you were saying like if you're a farmer and the diesel is taxed at seven percent and then hst on top of that let's just say and then carbon tax on top of all that or it's carbon tax first and then hst or gst or whatever it is um that is directly taxing the food that we're eating like if you have to farm for beef or if you have to farm for pigs or if you have to farm for broccoli all of what we just talked about that's adding cost to that thing directly why would a government do that because the government says if you go to buy milk and it says 589 that's for a family and so the milk is not taxed because it's for a family and that's a necessity of life but if you want to heat your house buddy you're paying taxes you want to run your farm you're paying taxes on taxes on taxes and that's crazy it doesn't make any rational sense and i keep going back to this thing this idea of a government that actually cared about its citizens would not have policies that harmed its citizens like that it harmed the food production harmed all all of the people it just wouldn't but then you know mc's got a cheshire cat cat grin on so but if i finish that's because these guys don't care about us. And again, no, yeah, that's and, and the cost added to everything, like it, it makes no sense, but most people are too scared to stand up. Like even this conversation here that we have once a week, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I know, I don't know how many people that wouldn't, there's no way that they'd be involved in that because in the back of their minds, they know that somebody might be watching them or somebody might do something to them. So better just to go with the flow and hope it doesn't affect them until yeah. it does. It's interesting. I don't I don't know about doing some. I mean, like there certainly um people flying PPC flags, people flying Canada flags. I know people have had tires slashed or cars keyed because of um flags that they fly on their car and stuff like that. So it's not a zero sum game, that's for sure. But oh, my wife could have lost some business at her her small business. Some woman came in and said, Well, she had she's back in those truckers, and then she wandered off out the door, sort of thing. So yeah. then my wife kind of change the accoutrements on her truck (laughs) right yeah and it's one of those things it's just like and and not to say that i necessarily agree with changing changing what you fly on your truck but it it does put a target on you you know what i mean and people have to recognize that that is now true because it didn't used to be true it used to be very like live and let live in canada nobody really cared and now all of a sudden you know if you've got the wrong political flag flying holy smokeronies right MC. Gal, I don't know why anyone is surprised uh, about this. Uh, it, our our system is basically corrupt the way it's built. It like at the foundation of it, it it is corrupt, and it goes. It does go back to that income tax that Bill was mentioning because because without that, we don't need eighty percent of the accountants that we have. Yep. Right. And and tax preparers and all that sorts of stuff like that. Right. The hundreds of thousands of people are out of work. So we've built our whole basically built our society for the last like almost 100 years on on a, a foundation of of responding to semantics that don't matter. Right. Yeah. We're, we're like you do need to keep track if you're running a grain mill or something, how much grain went through here and how much yeah. money did I make? So you need to keep track of that. But all these additional pieces of administrative overhead that we've that we've added to our society, like 
people, I think even, even a group of millions of people, and I've said that a group is stupider than its stupidest member. Mm -hmm. But so when you put 40 million people together, <laughs> but, 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 but even this group of people has to know in their mind, right at the back of their mind, like what I'm doing with my life, spending like 40 hours a week doing this thing. And it's meaningless, right? It, it, it is not, it doesn't, you know, help people in a tangible way at all. It's just some thing that I'm doing so I can earn money and go buy food and live indoors, but it doesn't, it, but people know when they're doing something that's, that's not helping. Right. And right now we probably have half our population doing stuff that doesn't help. Right. It's 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 a systemically corrupt society at its foundation that we're living in. That that is kind of the root of our problem. We have to eliminate the bureaucratic overhead. Right. The administrative overhead of our society so that people are only so that people are doing things that matter. Right. Like like we have way too many sociologists and way too many people in uh, marketing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we can and, have people in farming. That'd be great. Well, yeah. And the government comes along, right. And, and gets hires a sociologist to do a study about what, you know, what we should do for our society. And then they come back and say, well, you know what? You, the first thing you need to do is get more sociologists on the yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I've got this friend you could hire. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, and the sociologists didn't actually do the research. They just Googled it or asked the AI. And then the AI put out something and then they rewrote it. And then everybody was like, okay, I submitted the report. Paycheck, please. <laughs> well, yeah. And so now we've, now we've got these companies that are, that are setting themselves up because they know somebody. And so they can hire other people, right? To hire another company, to hire another company. We're creating a chain of... Uh, a, a chain of meaninglessness. Yes. It's like in one of them Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide books, uh, where there was this one society, and they and they started having lots of shoe stores, and then they passed the shoe store event horizon, where the only feasible business you could set up was a shoe store, mm -hmm. and then obviously their society collapsed. <laughs> Forget grocery stores. You're all we're only selling shoes. Unbelievable. All right, and uh, iPhone. I'm, I don't know your name, so sorry. What's up? Oh, sorry, I just wanted to add and say that it's not shocking that people are putting up with sales tax on top of income tax. That's not the shocking part. The mm -hmm. shocking part is how far people have been removed from those money that they made and they paid. Like, I have not made one people uh, in my milieu that actually care to read Auditor General's report. They don't care. They don't yeah. care. You ask them. Oh, where are the money going? Like you paying taxes, where does it go? Like, do you, are, are you wondering? Do you, you know, concern yourself with that? Nobody cares. They say, oh, it goes towards programs. You start asking what programs? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Yep. So that's and the tragedy. Like, how how did it come to this? That nobody, thirty year old people that are adults, they're adults, are grown humans. They don't care about the most essential, the most basic parts of their lives. They That's don't the think that they don't. So uh, the infantilization of the West has made it so that grown adults don't know that they have a responsibility to themselves to be responsible for their life. Like, and so they don't act in sometimes in their own best interest. Like I've told people, 
I, I've told people basics. I told a friend of mine, he had winter tires on his car and he left them on well into the summer. And I said, you won't be able to use them for another year because that melts the tire. Like they're only supposed to be used up to seven degrees after seven degrees. It destroys the tire really fast. And, and then a year after he had to replace the tires at his own expense. And he was like, man, I learned that lesson the hard way, womp, but he didn't womp. listen to me. Yeah. He didn't listen to me. And I was like, dude, I told you, <laughs> like I told you, man, I don't know if, I don't know if he changed it after I told him and it was, it was too late, but people do not. And I was going to say the worst part about what you were saying, iPhone is that, um, people won't listen to you. If you're like, okay, you don't want to, li- to read the auditor general's report. Here's what it says. And here's proof of what it says. They'll be like, oh, and then they'll continue scrolling on their Facebook feed. <laughs> and you're like, why? Why don't you care? But the reason they don't care is because they don't know that their life is their responsibility. Somebody else from their parents to a teacher, to the school board, to their boss, the boss who's like, we're all about wellness here. You know, come to me if something's wrong. And the person's like, I can't make ends meet. And the boss is like, well, I can't give you a raise. So sorry. Right. Like it's, it's faulty, but people don't understand that it is their responsibility and they will, they will languish in inaction. They won't do anything because they just don't realize that they're supposed to. And it's, it's incredible. And then they won't believe you if you tell them that they should. Yeah, but that 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 view, that perspective, I think, might be rooted partially in the principle of least effort. Change, especially beneficial change, is hard. It is effort. I know, man. I tried quitting smoking cigarettes and keeping it down to a dull roar is all I can do. So I think that's part of the problem. You know, that's why they want to get rid of their responsibility. Well, it's not my fault. That means. I'm not responsible for the solution either. So I can just sit back and whatever happens. Well, and then when you do take responsibility, there's a, there's a certain death that happens. Like, like uh, your old way of viewing things dies and you become kind of a new person. And so you're, you, you have to get used to this new way of viewing things. And then if you have friends who still view things the old way, you try and kind of onboard them, but it's hard because you view things so differently and, and so on and so forth. And and the more responsibility you take, the more that separates you from not other people necessarily, but friends who are lazy and friends who can't change, can't adapt, et cetera. Thank you for your comment though. I do appreciate it. Um, Gerald. Absolutely. That was an awesome comment. And mm-hmm. I could speak to what you just said about losing friends. Mm-hmm. I haven't paid uh, income tax in 22 years. Ah. I don't claim. So um, the way that I understand it from my research is sure. I give up my taxes, like paying for property taxes and paying for everything I buy and I'm not getting anything back on that, but they also don't know the, the income that I claim because it's my responsibility. I'm the one that has to put money away from my retirement. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that has to take care of myself. And as far as the government's concerned, I don't really exist. Like I don't get GST. I don't get none of that stuff. Hmm. But at the same time, I take care of myself. And because I had that responsibility, I've lost a really good friend over it. He hmm. thought I was insane and should be getting all that money back. But what he doesn't understand is when you claim for income tax, you're giving up your power in the sense where they have control over your income. Nobody hmm. has control over my income. I take care of it myself. Yeah. But again, there's downfalls to it so 
Yeah. Take it with a big bag of salt as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Well, and everybody's <clears throat> that's it though. Everybody's responsible for their own their own life and, and the choices they make and, and so on and so forth. And and that's the way it should be, right? Like that's that's just it. And the losing friends thing, man. COVID was an eye opener, but I had already gone through that through um Donald Trump, man. Because if anybody's if you were like <laughs> I used to get invited to the school I worked at. We used to just chat politics. We just talk about politics, right? And then I, I realized, I saw Donna. I went down to um, New York to Seneca Casino. I used to play poker. And <clears throat> I went down the night Donald Trump came out and did a big speech. It was a, it was a huge speech. And everybody, I, like I worked in schools, everybody hated Donald Trump. And so I was sitting there watching this speech in the United States with a whole bunch of people playing poker and everybody loved it in the, in the poker room. Everybody loved it. People were clapping in the poker room. And I was like, this is, this is a departure from what I expected. And I listened to the speech also like people were mad at me because I was listening to the speech instead of playing the game. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm going to sit up for the next couple of hands. I got to listen to the speech. And then I came back to the school and I was like, he's going to win. I was like, he's going to win bigly. And they were like, you are not invited anymore. I just didn't get any more invites. Like it used to be like, Hey, come, come by for coffee. You know? And I was like, I do controversial way too credit score. But it wasn't even like, I like Donald Trump. It was like, Holy cow. He's going to win. Did you see this? Purely analytical. Totally. Like it wasn't even because I knew, I knew if I came out and said like, I like Donald Trump, I didn't even really like Donald Trump until after that, until after that happened. And then I was like, people don't understand what he's saying. Listen to the man. Goes they to understood. Propaganda. Yeah. Well, but they understand. Ideology they understood. is one hell of a drug. Yeah, man. Oh, it's wild. Right. But I, I have never been more entertained by the memes. Like, holy smokeronies. I can't believe how funny, like it used to be that you had to go to a comedy show to laugh, but now the, the laughs are unending. Like it's unbelievable how funny everything is. I, yeah. Everything is from like big Mike, everything in the Trump world is hilarious. There's nothing that's not funny. Even even the really serious stuff has funny elements. And I mean, Donald Trump himself is pretty funny too. Like the the dancing, his dancing and his fist pumping thing. I don't know what he's doing, but it's it's super funny. And he's like, he's a grandfather. And at the same time, yeah. he, he walks into UFC with uh, Kid Rock and who was who the other guy, Dana White and Tucker Carlson. And like um, Joe Rogan says, like some right-wing Avengers, right? And it's like, the whole ride has been unbelievable. And <clears throat> I think if I went back and talked to myself in 2008 about the next, you know, 15 or so years, I would be like, wow, things are going to get crazy. It's certainly a time to be alive. That's yeah, for man. sure. Like, wow. Just I like, every day. Um, I like the clip. Um, it's called Grandpa for Senate. And it's a really funny little video. I should send it to you, Mark. Because sure. it will make you day. It's oh, so yeah. is it, funny. Is it a Joe Biden? Like, is it taking down Joe Biden? Yeah, a Babylon B, isn't it? I think it's Babylon B. Yeah, okay, cool. It's Babylon B, yeah. yeah. It is. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it it's hilarious, yeah. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, you know what? I'll uh, And it's 2 o'clock, so time time to wrap up. So we, we covered some more topics than we usually cover. So good job, everyone. Um, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, everyone on the panel for being here today. It's lovely to see you as usual. And uh, everybody out there, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.